What should parents be thinking about as their children turn 18, move out of the house, and go back to school? On the next On Air with Myrick O'Connell, right now. Ask any parent and they'll tell you 18 years goes by in the blink of an eye. Your baby is all grown up and off to college. Myrick O'Connell attorney Alan Falk, a member of the firm's business and trusts and estates group, joins us to talk about the legal documents your child should have now that they are considered an adult in the eyes of the law. Alan Falk, welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Thank you, Howard. Pleasure to be here. Great to have you with us. So the first question is, and this may surprise a lot of people, the first question, I'm just going to say it, is a healthcare proxy. Should our listeners' children have a healthcare proxy once they turn 18? They should, and this is one of the things that sneaks up on us because as a parent, we're accustomed to making the decisions for our children. All of a sudden, they turn 18, and now being a parent gives us no particular rights to make decisions for them anymore. So if our children needed someone to make a medical decision for them and they weren't able to, there really is no legal authority for us as parents anymore to do that. And the answer, therefore, would be to draft a healthcare proxy for the child. And it seems like it comes up around this time of the year because the children are turning 18, they're going off to college, you know, maybe in a distant state. And I'm getting multiple calls from parents saying, I would like you to draft a healthcare proxy for my child so that... Number one, I can get medical information for that child, uh, as well as making healthcare decisions for them if necessary. Again, it definitely is something that we need to keep in mind as the child turns 18, along with all the other issues, colleges, etc. What about adorable power of attorney? Should our listeners' sons and daughters have that one as well? Right. So a durable power of attorney is, is similar to a healthcare proxy, but it allows the parent to make financial decisions for the child. And it can be helpful, particularly if the child is off uh, at college somewhere and there are different documents that might need to be signed uh, by the child and the parent has them. It it alleviates the necessity of trying to transmit these documents back and forth. Um, And it really allows the parents to stay involved with the child's financial matters and also, quite honestly, to take some of the burden off of the child, again, regarding documents that may or may not need to be signed. So, they really should think of the healthcare proxy and the durable power of attorney as working hand in hand. Does one's child need a will? So if they don't have a will, as everyone knows, this, the state provides the estate plan and it's under the laws of intestacy. And if a child doesn't have a will and something unfortunate happens to the child, the child's estate under law would go to the surviving parents of the child. Um, that may or may not be in the best interest of the family. Generally speaking, most children would have their estates go back to their parents, but maybe it would be better to go to a sibling. Alternatively, if their parents are divorced, that adds a whole nother layer of complexity as far as which parent the child would want to benefit, maybe one over the other. Maybe they feel they're particularly closer to one parent over the other. Maybe they feel as though one parent would need the finances more than the other parent. So it really is worthwhile having a discussion with the child as far as what their wishes are and making sure that the child has a will to effectuate those wishes. Well, you know, you do a good segue there, Alan, about children of divorced parents. Are there other special considerations in that situation? So if the parents are divorced and don't get along, you know, things like that. What what special considerations in terms of documents arise there? Right. So keeping in mind that 
you've got divorced parents, again, the child may feel closer to one parent over the other. They may want to give one parent power over their financial affairs, but not necessarily the other parent. So I think when you've got parents that are married, they tend to work in conjunction with the child. If the parents are divorced, sometimes there's a divergent view as to what's in the best interest of that child. And again, I'm using child, they're over 18, so they're no longer legally a child, but still parents tend to to look out for their children no matter what their ages are. So again, I think when you have divorced parents with a child, it's even more important to draw clear legal boundaries. What are some of the other things parents should think about, Ellen, particularly if their child is going to a school in a different state? Right. So this issue, again, comes up this time of the year where the children are off to distant colleges in other states. And some of the things to consider is, is the child going to have a car? If the child has a car, where is it going to be registered? Are you going to, make, are you going to keep it registered in the, in the home state? Um, or are they going to register it in the state in which they are currently going to school in? Typically, the registration tends to stay in the home state, but not always. Uh, Another thing is to call your insurance agent and talk about your homeowner's policy and what does that homeowner's policy cover? Does it cover the belongings of the child while they're at college? Does it provide liability for the child while they're at college? If the child has an off-campus apartment, do they need to get renter's insurance? You know, if they're renting into a complex, it's been my experience that most complexes require the renter's insurance. But if that's not the case, it should still look into whether they should get the renter's insurance if, if they're living off campus. You know, another thing to consider is if the child's working in the particular state, are they considered a resident? Typically, they're not. They're considered a resident of their home state. But if the child has a part-time job, they may well have uh, income tax filing requirements in the state in which they're going to school at. So that's something else to consider. So in terms of final thoughts, if parents really haven't given this much thought and the kids have gone off to school, bye-bye, you know, they're gone, and the ideas that we've talked about here really hadn't been considered, what uh, should parents do now? Well, it's not too late. They should start to have the conversations with the child while they're at school. And, and possibly consider having the documents such as the will, the durable power of attorney, the healthcare proxy of, you know, available for the child to sign when they're home for the holidays. Um, I do have several clients that we were able to get the documents done maybe for one child, but not for all. Um, but we do have plans for when they come home for Thanksgiving, um, they get to spend part of their Thanksgiving break with me signing their documents. So if these issues haven't been thought about yet, all is not lost, still plenty of time. But given that the child's likely to come home for the holidays, you know, try to plan ahead. We've been talking with Myrick O'Connell, attorney Alan Falk, a member of the firm's Business and Trusts and Estates Group, on important documents that you may not have thought about it, that young folks, sons and daughters, your children, should sign and should execute within a reasonable period of time after turning 18. They're very important, and Alan has just explained why. And uh, Alan, we want to thank you so much for being on on air with Myrick O'Connell. How can folks contact you if they have questions about this subject? Uh, the easiest way is to go to the Myrick's website. Uh, my email address is there. It's afalk at myrickoconnell.com, or my direct line is 508-929-1649. Thanks, Alan. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, Howard. I'm Howard Kaplan, on air with Myrick O'Connell. Thanks for listening, and take care.
This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. Mm-hmm. 